Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you're new to University of Adversity, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I truly appreciate you. And today, we're going to get into the wonderful world of health and wellness again. And the doctor that I have on today has been has quite the story in her past about what she's gone through and had to overcome. So I'll give you a little bit of a background about her. She was an undergraduate at the School of University of Kansas. She found her passion for nutrition early, but as a scholarship athlete and dedicated student at the age of 19, she became very seriously ill. She was, extre- she was experiencing extreme fatigue, brain fog, muscle wasting, and she was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome due to the high levels of Epstein-Barr virus. Her own personal journey back to health ignited a passion in her to help others. And in 1996, she graduated from the Palmer College of Chiropractic with clinical honors. She has since then built one of the largest natural clinics in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I would suggest for this, get out, have like a pen and paper because she she does, we do cover a lot and it's really, it's really interesting stuff. So um, as always, do what's right for you. It's good to learn all these things, try them, and pick what's right for you. Appreciate you guys. Let me know what you think about this. Tag us. Sh- share this in a story if you got value, and I would love to know your takeaways. So, Dr. Mindy Pell's coming right up. And we're rolling. Dr. Mindy, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having <laughs> me. I, uh, one of my favorite phase- phrases is, fail forward. So I love the idea of talking about adversity. Yeah, it's been a fun, it's been a fun conversation with that topic. A lot of people like the name and it, it is, it, it, it's interesting because we all go through adversity, right? I mean, we all have the, you know, the setbacks and it's just, that's where a lot of the growth comes from is learning is the lessons yeah. that we learn from those challenges or adversity. So um, I find it really fun because everybody's got that story of some sort. Yep. Yeah. Which, but you know, it's the funny thing is like, but when you're going through adversity, it's like, you don't, you don't go, Oh, I'm going to learn so much from this. You kick and you scream and you get frustrated and then you look back and go, Oh, that was actually really good for me. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. And, and it's funny because like, you don't wish that upon anybody, but you know, everybody has to go through it. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, what can you do? You're going to learn from it. And, and, and that's the thing as well is, is why I enjoy this is because it's actually helped me. Like when, when situations happen now, I go, Hmm, yeah. what am I going to learn from this? Instead of like, Oh, this sucks. This yeah. is terrible. It's like, okay, this is obviously challenging me because it's uncomfortable Yeah. or, you know, what is this teaching me? So yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been interesting and connecting with people like yourself and I'm, I'm, you know, hearing their stories and their journeys is, is so rewarding. So yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So I know you're doing amazing things and I, I would just love, you know, other than the intro, I would love if you could just give us a little bit of a background about yourself mm-hmm. um, and just, yeah, give us some insight and kind of fill in the gaps of how you got to where you are today. 
Yeah. So I, this is what I always tell people is that I was raised by a health food nut mom who like pretty much just had us uh, reading labels, eating granola. Like this is back in like 1970 when like there wasn't such a thing as gluten-free or anything. And I, I always say I introduced rice cakes to the to my elementary school and um, so that was like, I was raised in this healthy household. We've been, our primary care physician was a chiropractor, not a, we didn't go to the medical doctor. Like we did acupuncture. I mean, you name it. We were, I, that's the house I grew up in. So when I learned to, was on my own around my college years, I decided like many 19 year olds would do is to go completely the other way. And I ended up just bucking the system and really eating bad food. I wasn't sleeping. I was a competitive athlete. So I was on a college plane on a tennis scholarship. And I just decided, you know what? I, I wanted to like do health my way, but it was really anti-health. And I ended up getting a ton of injuries. I ended up with um, compartment syndrome in my lower legs. And, um, uh, from that they did surgery. They actually did a fasciotomy on me where they go in and they, they cut the fascia to create room for the inflammation. And from that experience, I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome and I, and I landed in this place where I was like 19, 20 years old and I literally could not get out of bed. And so I ended up flying home for, uh, it, this was in Kansas. I went to university of Kansas and I flew home to LA where I grew up. And my mom took one look at me and she was like, something's not right here. And I spent like two weeks of my four week Christmas break sleeping. That's all I did. I just got up and I just exhausted. So she took me to the top specialist, the cr top chronic fatigue specialist who basically like sat behind this big mahogany desk with his white coat on. And he lit, you know, I was like half alive in the chair and he looked at my at me and he was sort of scratched his head and he basically looked at my mom and he was like yeah she has chronic fatigue syndrome and my mom's like oh okay well what do we do and he put and he pulled out a list of medications and he had little hashtags next to the medications and he said well we don't really know what to do so we'll start with this medication if it works that's great if it doesn't we'll go to the next medication and then we'll go to the next and my, I met, my mom's only about five feet tall. She's like a yeah. small and mighty woman. And she, she just stood there and she's like, but she's got to go back to school. And his response to her is really what changed my whole world. He, in his snarky, sort of elite way, he looked at my mom and me and he goes, well, does she look like she can go back to school? And my mom just at that point grabbed me and said, we're going to see my holistic MD. And from there, we went directly to the holistic MD. And that guy changed my diet, put me on supplements and taught me the power of the healing power of the body. Within three weeks, I was back at school thriving. Super cool moment. You know, it's just really a catalyst moment of, you know, you don't have to accept a diagnosis. You don't have to take a snarky attitude from a doctor. And it just set me on this course of what did the holistic doctor do? What was it that this one doctor said it was going to take me months to years? I had to drop out of school. And this other doctor changed my diet, threw some supplements at me, did some acupuncture and boom, my body was like set into healing motion. And that really just launched me into what I'm doing today. Wow. 
So what I, I'm curious as to what was the protocol even for the holistic doctor back then? Well, so this is what's crazy is the protocol was the ketogenic diet. Oh, wow. But we didn't call it that. Huh. He, he said, um, you're going to, you got to get off all grains. You got to get off all really? fruit, all fruit. So I pretty much ate meat and vegetables or it was like, wow. you know, yeah. So that was what, let's just, let's just paint a picture. So what year was that exactly? 70? Uh, it was 19, or, uh, 19, late eighties. So it was like, oh, 19, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Uh, late 80s. So like it would have been 89, 1989. Okay. Wow. So that would have been a very foreign concept or idea. Oh, would have been just like, oh yeah. No, he said, you know, after I got some momentum with my health, he said, well, you could go and you could get some like gluten-free bread <laughs> and oh. like, like gluten-free. I don't even think he called it that. I think he called it wheat-free bread back then okay. was ridiculous. It was like a rock. It was so tasteless. Like, yeah, no, he, there was nothing like eating healthy and being keto back then. Your, your, your choices were quite limited. Yeah, and that's really interesting because that was the those were the days with where saturated fat and the cracked egg and stuff were kind of becoming like a massive like like how uh, how it was like such a bad thing to to eat saturated fat and it was just it had such a bad picture painted to yeah. towards it right oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah no no we would I mean the good news is he, my mom had been working with him. So she, it was kind of like one of those moments that I'm like, I got to do mom's diet. <laughs> like, yeah. but, um, but I felt such a difference so quickly. When you have chronic fatigue syndrome, what's different than just being tired is you wake up and you never get momentum. You feel like just walking to the kitchen or walking to the bathroom. You're just exhausted. Chronic fatigue syndrome comes from Epstein-Barr virus and the Epstein-Barr virus lives in the muscles. So there's a t there's an achiness in my body. There was like a taste in my mouth, um, and it was just it was just like and you try to drink coffee or do anything to get your energy up and you can't. And then the crazy part is you get a burst of energy around ten o'clock at night, and then you can't and then you can't sleep. So you know I think the fact that I saw the change so quickly, I was like and that, and the fact that the the medical doctor was so had such disdain for my uh, situation he was so condescending that it was like the combination of like almost wanting to prove that guy wrong and wow. this loving holistic md giving me some quick insight like those two combined really made a, a huge difference yeah that's crazy how so what is, okay. So you, you started, did you eliminate it all at once or was it sort of piece? Oh by yeah. Piece? No, no. It was like, boom, done. Okay, okay. Yeah. Dairy I mean, as well. Did yeah. You, yep. Dairy. Really? Yeah. He was a, a believer in goat's milk. So we were allowed to do goat's milk. Um, so we could do anything goat. So I had goat yogurt, goat milk, but it was pretty much meat and vegetables. That was it. What's the reason behind that is because is it, it's different casein. Is that or for yeah, yeah. For um, for the goat is the idea is uh, that with cow's dairy, the molecule size is very hard to break down for the human gut. This is why so many people are lactose intolerant. Mm. And um, goat's molecule size is much smaller. It's more analogous to human breast milk. So our digestive system is much is more proficient at breaking it down. 
So his thought theory was if you are struggling to break a food down, that's robbing you of the energy for healing. Right. So that was kind of the theory with chronic fatigue. Okay. So as you went through that, you switched your diet. How, how did you navigate through all the noise? Because obviously yeah. you were being told that's like, I mean, I'm sure people asked you what you're eating and you're, you're telling them and they're like, that's wrong. That's wrong. Oh, how did you deal with that? Oh yeah. No. So 19, 20 years old, I'm, I'm doing keto in, <laughs> in, in Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. It's like those two words just don't, don't. No, no, it was horrible. <laughs> I, um, I kind of kept quiet. I didn't really make a big fuss about it. Um, and people knew my situation. And so it kind of worked out. Um, but I just learned to like show up eating somewhere. I, you know, if I could order my own food, I could have control over it. Um, if I was in somebody's home, that's where it got really difficult. Um, and um, I, so I would go home with my friends to their, um, their houses and they wouldn't know like with their parents. And a lot of my friends lived in small towns in Oklahoma and they wouldn't know the, you know, they wouldn't know what to do with me. So I just learned to try to not create waves around it, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Did you eventually go back to the standard American diet? Well, so what I did from the keto diet is then I read uh, a diet for a new America by John Robbins. And it was all about um, the, the, how we treat our animals. And so I became a vegetarian from that, which is like completely the opposite. Uh, you know, now knowing everything that I know, I'm like, well, that was really stupid. But I, I was all into now I'm like early twenties. I was like into the humanity of animals and I went into more of a vegetarian diet, but I, my immune system was pretty strong. I was, I was definitely still thriving, but it did take my health back a little bit. And I would say, I mean, that was early 20s. I'm 50 now. I have tested it over the years. Just, you know, how do I do with high carb versus low carb? And for sure, I thrive in a low carb diet. It, that, that is definitely, my energy will be at its highest when I'm doing mostly low carb. Awesome. You look great, by the way. Yeah, thank you. You got lots of energy, like <laughs> vibrant. I know. Awesome. People, it's so funny because people go, you had chronic fatigue. And, and this is like such an important point because, yeah. yeah, I had chronic fatigue. But what I decided to do was build a lifestyle that wouldn't allow me to, to have chronic fatigue thrive. So I'm, I, my lifestyle now, I, I used to crash at three in the afternoon um, I used to stay up late and, and, um, now I'm like, I go to bed early. I get up early. I don't crash in the afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm meticulous with my diet. I'm really into fasting. I do a lot of fasting now. So, um, because once you've been sick, you've been that sick where your whole life is about to turn upside down. Um, I mean, if I had listened to that medical doctor on that day, I, my, everything in my life would have been different. Yeah. I wouldn't have met my husband when I met him. I mean, I would have had the kids I have now. Like, that's yeah. crazy how that one moment in time just changed the direction that I, that I was in. So, we, yeah, no, sorry. I didn't mean to no, I just never yeah. want to go back to that. It was yeah. such a down moment there that it, even here I am 30 years later, it just, I just never want to go back to that. It's crazy because so many people put faith in certain doctors and there's great ones out there, but some of them 
put so much faith and then that's, you can go down the other direction and completely be part of the program, be part of the the rabbit hole of drug after drug after drug. It's like, yeah, yeah. I um I'm curious because look, there's been a lot of vegetarian talk, a lot of vegan. You got this new documentary out, or what yeah. was it? Um, Game Changers. Now, I I I I have my opinions about these things myself. I try to keep it to myself. But have you seen that documentary yet? Have you seen? Game I Changers? have it. Is it um is it Dave Asprey's? Didn't Dave no, Asprey have a no, book? No, no, oh. no. It's 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 a very it's a vegan propaganda. Vegetarian. Oh, okay kind of thing. And I was just curious as to, because a lot of people are now jumping on the train as they do, which can be dangerous, which can be very misleading. So I just, I wanted to talk about, I know vegetarian diet, like, can we talk about how you felt on that diet and just from like a real perspective of, of like what was happening and why maybe some people should maybe think about what could happen if they decide to go down that road? Yeah, so absolutely. Because here, when the guy put me on the meat and the meat and veggie diet, I instantly dropped weight. Like I dropped like thirty pounds. I was about carrying about thirty extra pounds. I leaned out. I felt amazing. When I went vegetarian, slowly that weight crept back on till I was, you know, twenty pounds heavier. So the first thing is that a lot of vegetarians are carbitarians. They don't, they, they don't think about the fact that what they're doing is they're increasing their carbs, which is increasing their insulin, and their body over time becomes insulin resistant. So for me, it just took a lot of years for me to all of a sudden go, oh, I was way better on the other diet. Now, having said that, because I've thought about this a lot, because there are people who are vegetarian and they go on the vegetarian or veg- vegan or vegetarian and they thrive yeah. and they do amazing. So I think one of the only scenario that can explain that in my book is the blood type diet. Have you heard of the blood type diet? Yeah, that's always fascinated me too. Yeah. So in the blood type diet, if you're an O or you're a B, you typically do better with lower carb diets. If you're an A, you thrive on a vegetarian diet. So I'm a B, B, my blood type's actually B positive and I thrive on that. So that's the the only thing I can say. And I do believe now in moderate protein, I'm a big fan of the keto lifestyle, but I also don't think that we should be overdoing protein. So there's there's a fine tune, there's a fine path for everybody and you've got to figure that out what works for you. Yeah, that's the fun journey is I say that to people too. I'm like, you know, you got to just try it all out. See yeah. how you feel. Eliminate yeah. things, add them back in. You know, does that cheese make you feel depressed after? I mean, these kind of signs, yeah. you got to eliminate it in order to, to go without. And then when you introduce it, that's what I've done. I introduce it back in and I go, ooh, that doesn't make me feel as good. Right. right. And yeah, I, I, I think um, it becomes so dogmatic sometimes. It's either like us, aver- us versus them. Yep. Like oh my gosh. We have, so we, I have a group on Facebook. There's yeah. like 23,000 people in it and we fast together once a yeah. month. And every single month we'll get one vegan in there that will just be ripping everybody one about how they shouldn't be eating meat. Well, they shouldn't, you know, we do all different types of fasts. So I show them how to do autophagy fasting and all different kinds. So it's not just water fast. And I, and my point to everybody is 
Variation is amazing. I have days where I go, I'm like, I don't want any meat right now. I'm just going to go the next couple of days with no meat. And then I have other days where like, that's all I want. But you can take, you can be flexible in your eating style. You don't have to walk around with like, I'm vegan, I'm keto. Like yeah. you, you can enjoy the variation. And once you understand what works for you, there's so much freedom in that. Yeah. I find the more you get caught up in being so precise, the more likely you are to drop off. Yep. Right. And yeah. it's fun to have variety. There's variety out there. There's lots of veggies and fruit. And I like to, I mean, I'm the same. I, I function better on a low carb keto, but yeah. then, you know, I love a, eating a whole sweet potatoes sometimes or yeah. like some fruit. And you know, that's the thing is like, I've learned that going to, if you really want to stick to a diet or whatever you want to call it, you, you just need that variety because stress it, yeah. is going to hit you. Yep. You know, you're going to get stressed. You're going to have things. And if you're not really prepared for some of these diets, it can, you can really fail quick. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, we see it all the time where people come to us and uh, into our resetter group and they're like, they've been doing one meal a day and they've lost hundreds of pounds. Oh my gosh. People are losing so much weight yeah. with keto. Like it's yeah. amazing. And, and I don't ever want to discredit that, but then they're like stuck and they're like, I'm not losing anymore. And I always say, well, that's cause you got to go eat some carbs. You got to get out of keto and then go uh, back into it. So, our, so our bodies are born to always move to homeostasis. So if you, the minute you make a new diet change, there usually is an uptick of improvement because you'll be like, oh, that's great. But then your body goes, okay, this is the new norm. And it's now in homeostasis and you don't get that same result. So you have to vary your diet in order to keep kind of tricking the body and keep it like on its toes or it will get into that sort of complacent homeostatic point. Mm. I, yeah, I, I really, I kind of, I, I love how you went about the blood types as well, because that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, that makes more sense on like a bigger scale that each blood type should probably be different. That's just like, I don't think there's one method to eat for everybody either. No. And I think that blood type, that's something that, that has always intrigued me that I kind of forgot about. Yeah. And I feel like more people need to, do you, do you do you kind of tell people to focus on that more or No, but really? you know what? I should actually, now that I'm talking to you, I should do a YouTube video on it because I get asked every once in a while what I think of it. It definitely is not in vogue. You don't hear people talking about it very much. Um, so I've, I should do a video on that because there, I, I think what the blood type diet did wrong is it told you specifically, like you're an A, these are the exact foods you should eat. Right. And what I, my version of where I think it works is if you want to be a vegetarian and you're type A, you're probably going to succeed at it. But if you're a B, I can tell you as somebody who's a B that you're probably not long-term going to succeed at a vegetarian diet. So you are going to put, and we've all seen plenty of vegans and vegetarians carrying extra weight. And I always think, oh, if you move them over to keto, they may find that it's more in alignment with how they were designed. Right. So, okay. Tell us more about your journey over the years of like, of, so you were, you started to kind of, you went into vegetarian and then you were going through your practice. Maybe walk us yeah. through kind of how you got to like, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, you know, I, I came out of college and I was really inspired by health because I was like, look at what happened. Like this diet transformed me. I was doing, he was doing some IV supplements and IV drips and stuff, but I was like this way of being like changed my life. So um, when I graduated from undergraduate school, I actually was like living in LA and I thought, oh, I'll go take some courses in like shiatsu massage and I thought I'd be like an herbalist. I don't know what I, you know, I was 20. Like I was just banging around trying to figure out, but I definitely knew I wanted to be in healthcare. And I had been under chiropractic care since I was five years old. My mom had always had us going to the chiropractor. And one day I meandered into the chiropractor's office and he had a new associate doctor that was in there. And the doctor said, "Uh, what are you doing, Mindy? Like, what are you up to? And I, at that time I was doing personal training and I was studying shiatsu massage and herbs and, I told him and he looked at me, he goes, you need to be a chiropractor. Like, why aren't you a chiropractor? And I, it's like, you know, have you ever had somebody tell you something and it kind of hits you and you're like, yeah, yeah, I should be. What am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And, and so it just like literally within six months of that comment, I moved up to San Jose and went to chiropractic school. And, um, that was definitely where I needed to be. And so um, I went through school and I, and I came out a chiropractor and I was serving people with, from a chiropractic stand, a slant. And I've been doing it. I've been a chiropractor for 23 years. And I started to see about 10 years ago that people weren't healing like as well as they used to be healing. And I was like, why is that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I was kind of, and this sounds sort of funny for people who know me now, is that I was over here serving chiropractic to people, but I wasn't talking the diet that I was living, the diet that healed me. I, didn't, I wasn't sharing my journey of how I came out of chronic fatigue. And one day it hit me, I should really probably teach people this diet that, I, that helped me. Maybe I'll apply it to my difficult cases. And sure enough, boom, I started to take, what again, we didn't call it keto diet. This is like early 2000s. Um, and I started teaching people how to do the heat. We called it, um, well, we called it a candida diet is what I think my original doctor put, called it. And I started teaching diet to people and I, all of a sudden, boom, I just saw their whole lives change. And then I got into understanding toxins and we started detoxing and like, you know, it just got so fun at that point. You could, you mean what we're doing now is we can take some of the most complicated cases and we can apply you know, diet and detox and mindfulness tools and chiropractic. And I, I like, I'd started this whole thing out. Yeah. I bu- I'm building out this whole biohacking center where yeah. now we've got oxygen therapy and PEMFs and red light therapy. And the, the general idea is that the body heals itself. So if you're not healing, what, what's interfering with that body's healing? And that's, it really just launched my whole career sort of launched from that one thought. Yeah. Cause people are, people underestimate the power of the human body. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> we haven't been taught. And if you, if you yeah. think about it, if you go back and do you have kids? No. Okay. Not so yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. So this is what's crazy is the moment you have kids, the, the, the healthcare world tells you to go into fear. So don't let people who are sick around, um, wash your hands a thousand times. Don't, you know, we've got to vaccinate them because their immune system is weak. Like you are basically taught as a parent to fear every horrible situation. 
And I often think that that sets us up for a really bad mindset around health because when our body, when our health goes awry, we don't, we don't think we need that our body can heal itself. We are, think that there's got to be a drug, there's got to be a supplement, there's got to be a treatment. We are always thinking outside in. So what I would love to see is that we turn that, flip that around and we say, hey, your amazing, beautiful newborn baby is so powerful, has this incredible intelligence mm-hmm. inside of it. And your job as a parent is to make sure that toxins don't get in and bad food doesn't get in. And like your job is to protect that intelligence as much as you possibly can. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, like I we just... would just flip it out around. I started, yeah, the way you were saying that, I was like, that's exactly what needs to happen too, because we're so scared. We're so scared. We're so scared. And we, we're so powerless. Yeah. So this is what I, in like on you know, my YouTube channel and on my resetter group, I'm like, I try to let people know that you have the power. You hold yeah. the power. Yeah. Not, it's not in the power is not in the doctor. The power is not in the medication. You are the power. It's just that nobody taught you how to access that power. So, and fasting, we're, I mean, right now, a, a lot of what we do is fasting in my groups and nothing will teach you about the power of your body, like taking food away. Yeah. Take, take food away and watch what this miraculous thing can do. It's crazy. So, yeah, this is, this is so amazing because it's so true. And, and the one thing I want to talk about is people are always searching outside, right? Even when they look for coaches, you know, mentors or whatever, all they're doing is giving, is helping you realize what you already have, whether that's right. the tool you have, the tools. Yeah. And, and it's just, we have to realize that we're powerful. Like yeah. we are powerful. We can heal. We can do amazing things, but so many people are like, I need that to give me feel this void. I need this. I need that. And it's always, yeah. we have it within us, yeah. but we yeah. discredit how powerful we are. So, and, and that's why I love this is that you're talking about fasting because like, that is like the ultimate, that's the ultimate test at almost giving our power back, right? It's, it's amazing. And I kind of stumbled into it and I did not realize what a paradigm shift we could create with, uh, in healthcare with fasting because of exactly what you just said. It's crazy how, what, like we are seeing people, there, I'll give you an example. Um, a woman posted in my resetter group the other day, she had this big lump on her foot. And she was like, they didn't know what to do. They wanted to put a cortisone shot in it. And I decided I would just start fasting for the next five days. And then she showed what happened five days later. Like the big lump was gone. No way. Yeah. And, and you just like, we have story after story after story. People with scary diagnoses that now are, you know, their body just clicked into healing. And that is the, you know, I always say nobody's going to get rich off of fasting. The pharmaceutical companies don't win off of fasting. So it's, you really have to try to understand. I try to bring the science to people so they can see what the research is showing. Mm. Um, And once you empower yourself, then all of a sudden you just like that internal doctor turns on and you realize you're in control of your health, not, not the rest of the world and not your doctor for sure. So let's, let's just paint a picture for people that don't understand how it's wor- how it works. So is that basically, are we just talking about an inflammation issue? So what yeah, that does is kind question. of pull that away. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, okay. Really good question. So there, I, there, I've come up with about seven different fasts 
And the first one's the most common that people know, it's called intermittent fasting. And that's um, the original study was done out of Japan by Dr. Osumi that said when we take food away for around 15 hours, 13 to 15 hours, the body goes searching for food, so it turns within and it starts to eat the toxins within. So it's like self-detox. So I think that's kind of the biggest one that people are starting to do. With intermittent fasting, most people will, like, in the beginning, it can be a little bit hard, like you just skip breakfast. You start not eating breakfast. It's a little bit hard in the beginning, but the more you do it, you start to realize that, oh my gosh, now I'm not hungry. Um, people lose weight with intermittent fasting. So you're not, when insulin and glucose go down, the other thing that we've discovered is that your body goes and finds the insulin and glucose it stored in fat years ago. So it starts to burn fat more quickly. So now the longer you fast, so if you're doing a 24-hour fast or a three-day fast, there's like, they've even shown stem cells kick in. Um, so stem cells are repair cells. Um, I'm doing a video tonight on my YouTube about BDNF. That BDNF is like brain fertilizer that at about, you know, with intermittent fasting, this brain fertilizer kicks in. And then they found that the, when BDNF kicks in, it upregulates serotonin and all of a sudden your moods go up. Um, then there's like studies on like if you stop eating for any, about 34, anywhere from 34 to 58 hours, that your body starts to make metabolites that make more antioxidants. So it's, it's crazy. Like we were literally designed to heal faster when we don't eat. It's nuts. And it's... Do you think that's why these religious culture, like all these, not just religion, but like these spiritual, all the, fasting has been a part of so many different ancient. So you know, many. Like, is that the reason? Did they understand? Was that, the, they know I that so. healing yeah. from that? They must. Yeah. Well, you definitely, um, if you've ever been on like a three day water fast, it's really interesting. Your mind gets really crystal clear. You kind of slow down and you get a ton of insight. So if you are, you know, that's where I can see it's a real spiritual experience. So if you add prayer to that or whatever your belief system is, um, you're, you get, yeah, you're definitely in a different mental area. It's funny because um, I work obviously with Dr. Nick very closely over the last year. And that's one thing, you know, I've had a real challenge with is, is the fasting. I can do a day, but there's some reason a day and a half, two days. I, I, it's food is like, I feel like it's a coping mechanism for me or something, some sort of yeah. weird belief or some, some, something. And it's been really challenging. And he talks about setting that intention, right? And you have to have the intention, but it's, it's crazy. And for anybody, you guys listening out there, you get to that day too, and you start to question, well, why am I doing this again? Yeah. And if your why isn't big enough, it's yeah. so easy to grab something and get that comfort, you yeah. know? Yep. Like it's such, it's, it's so crazy how the day before you can be totally into it. And then food just makes us, it, it makes us do these things and it's that resilience you build. And I have yet to get over that hurdle. Yeah. And now well, having this conversation, I'm like, I have to now. Okay. So go, I just did a video on nine strategies to deal with the mental game of fasting. And yeah. let me tell you the basic of what happens is that when we go to eat food, it releases dopamine in our brain. And dopamine is that, that chemical that makes us addicted. So, and it gives us satisfaction and pleasure. 
So when you remove food, you're going to have to find that dopamine from some external source. And you can. So the trick is that you got to find something that you love doing. Like we've on some three-day water fast, you know, one, one dopamine addiction that we've seen in our household is like you find your favorite Netflix series and you just, you can watch the next episode and then the next one and the next one. So when we do like a longer fast, that's what we'll do is we'll come home. We, you know, you're not eating dinner. We will sit down and watch a Netflix series because you're, you just need to search for dopamine elsewhere. Yeah. The so, comfort you need, yeah. that, you need that comfort of some sort. Yeah. We're, we're amazing creatures, how we get addicted to this dopamine and these, the chemical cocktails that we, we get used to these patterns and like, yeah. The more I've listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about oh, it right. too, it's just like, even when we're trying to change, like we're so addicted to the feeling of certain things and events and it's fascinating. Like this and is- we think, we actually think we were in control, yeah. <laughs> but we're actually not like our decisions are made. They're neurochemical decisions yeah. and they're made off these chemicals in our brain. And it, the more we make the that same decision. So if you decide I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat and you know, you're, or I'm going to eat chocolate cake every single day. Like it, it gets to a point where all you have to do is hear chocolate cake and you get dopamine released in your brain. Yeah. So, so I think the trick is, I agree with the why. If you know, my, the patients I have that have cancer, if I say do a three-day water fast every week, they're like, okay, not, no problem. Like they're just like, it's do or yeah. die. Yeah. So the why is key, but then finding other ways to get a dopamine rush is also key. That's, that's amazing. Cause there's nights where I sit there and I go, I, 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 the best intentions. And the next day I'm like, I'm in good shape already. Right. I feel pretty good. I look pretty good. I'm like, right? I don't, I don't need this. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. Yeah. But like even Dr. Nick, he talks about, um, the stuff about like the, and I'm sure you do too, about it, it takes you in that, that spiritual journey as well. Like yeah. five, five days, it's like this clarity and I have yet to experience that. And yeah. And I mean, having this conversation is so, is so helpful because I'm sure people listening out there, there's a lot of talk about fasting, but then having that thing where, oh, okay, well, I can just watch Netflix and kind of let myself let go a little bit. And I think that is the thing that people are missing. Yeah. That, that the sanity purpose of it, like, it's like, it's tough. Yeah. So here's another thing to think about with the dopamine is that the longer you fast, so we're talking like after 34 hours. The dopamine receptor sites, they're very, very fragile. So they get, just like insulin receptor sites get blocked because of too much insulin, dopamine receptor sites shut down because you're always on your phone, you're checking, you know, you're always stimulating your brain with food. You're all, we, we live in a world right now where dopamine influx of ways that we can have a dopamine rush are so accessible to us. And so these receptor sites are starting to like, I, th- I think of it like a sea anemone, like you touch a sea anemone and it, sh- it closes up, like they're starting to shrink. And so now you need another, you need a big high, you need something bigger because the receptor site has been injured. Well, a 34 hour fast starts to repair these dopamine. So when you've delayed gratification of food, and you're fasting, you're resensitizing these receptor sites. So now your experience of joy post-fast 
is going to be a lot more heightened. It's going to have a lot more juiciness to it. Whereas like now, what I hear from a lot of patients, they'll tell me, well, I just don't experience joy like I used to. And I think it's because they've been over, those receptor sites have been overstimulated. Oh, that is so, such a good point. Thank you for sharing that because I, I, everybody can relate to that. Right. Like there's, there, there are phones, there's, there's just stuff happening all over the place and it's just numbed us out. Yep. Totally. The, the reset that, that is such an amazing perspective because I didn't even think about it like that either. And you know, when you go through, it's like the adversity, that's a fast, that's a challenge. And on the that's other right. side, there's this, there's this joy. And there always yep. is, even when you face fears on the other side, there's always that like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And if you think of what adversity is, it's delaying gratification too, because yeah. you're not getting what you want right now. So that's another way of going, okay, so I'm not getting instant satisfaction right now, but okay, so I'm repairing my dopamine receptor sites because I definitely don't got dopamine in my brain night right now. So the longer I stay in this adverse place, the, the, I, there is some jet brain repair that's going to give me more joy down the road. So, okay, let's, let's just break down this fast. I just love this because the clarity you're giving people, me, so I, I, I'm assuming everybody's going to get so much from this because I'm getting a ton from it. Let's break down the fast. So I've heard coffee, tea isn't a true fast. I've heard, you know, I've done Bulletproof coffee since like 2012, been doing it for years. And I, I love that. I, I mean, talk, talk us through maybe, is that a true fast? Like what's the best way and how important is a water fast? That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Here's the progression that I usually tell people. Start with intermittent fasting. And if you love your coffee and your Bulletproof, do that because really you just want to try to get rid of breakfast. Now, some people get rid of dinner and that's fine too, but you want to go 13 to 15 hours without food. Um, it, in, in general, the Bulletproof coffee is not going to break a fast. Although we have a general rule in our resetter group when people ask us, will this break a fast? Is I say, um, take your blood sugar reading, yeah. drink your coffee, half hour later, take another blood sugar reading. If your blood sugar stays the same or goes down, it didn't break your fast. If your blood sugar goes up, half hour later, it broke your fast because you're now getting insulin that's going to have to deal with that blood sugar. So that's the coffee question. But then once you're good with intermittent fasting, I think one day a week, try stretching it to a 24-hour fast. Just eat dinner one day a week. And then as you get comfortable with that, a lot of people do it two days a week. And they start, we call it a 5-1-1, where five days you're doing intermittent fasting, one day you're doing 24-hour fast, and then one day a week you just don't care. You do whatever you want. Yeah. So that's kind of a general good starter point. You would want to do like a three-day water fast, uh, in my um, belief, is uh, stem cell production. And stem cells will repair, like I, I use three-day water fast with some of my patients that have like like a, I used it with a woman who had a frozen shoulder and after like we were trying everything to unlock her frozen shoulder, nothing was working. We fasted her and all of a sudden she had like full range of motion on the third day. It was crazy. Uh -huh. um, if you want can't to prevent cancer, it, I think throwing in the three day water fast a couple times a year are good for killing cancer cells. So it's a good prevention that way. Um, 
if you want to lose weight, this is the greatest way to lose weight that I've ever seen because it, it really works and it doesn't get you a set point. So, so there's, a, and then this is why I do a fast training week. So every time we do, we pick five days. So we do Monday through Friday and I give them um, the option, always two different options of what they can do. And so we usually, we change like this week we're doing an autophagy fasting one day, today's a water fast, tomorrow's a keto day, Thursday's a water fast, and Friday is, is a fast called fast mimicking. So I kind of gamify it. You know, it's like you just sort of play with it and you have a community and then you get to see yeah, what you a, do. It's a lot more fun like that. Have yeah. you, because um, I personally have tried, after talking to Dr. Paul Saladino, I tried carnivore and mm. it helped me with inflammation big time. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay. I, I would eat, you know, steak, eggs, whatever I could. I didn't eat the liver and stuff because I wanted to try it. And I'm wondering, I mean, obviously, because I was fasting, then I would eat that, but then I would introduce other things back in and I'd get achy joints and stuff. And I was right. like, okay, like this is, yeah. and what is, what is your opinion on that? Because tons of people are healing from that, but is that just from eliminating, is that certain amount I just want to wrap my head around it and hear a yeah. perspective because it, it blows my mind. Well, so the, the carnivore is kind of what that do holistic doctor put me on, right? Yeah. It was like meat and vegetables, but carnivore is taking it one step further and says no vegetables, just meat. Yeah. So you are bringing inflammation down, no yeah. doubt, and bringing insulin down. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, not as much, I mean, because protein will still stimulate it. Um, the problem, the downside of the carnivore, is that you're, you have, you, we are only 10% human cells and we are 90% bacteria. Mm. So you, you are not, you're killing your gut bacteria. You're not growing your gut bacteria. You need vegetables, you need prebiotic foods to grow your gut bacteria. Mm. So you could throw in a week of carnivore, you could throw in a couple of days of carnivore, but if you stayed on it month after month, you really could end up with some anxiety, uh, you could end up with immune system issues because you haven't really fed that bacteria in your gut that need those vegetables. That's great insight. <laughs> so, yeah. And, it, and this is why I love variation is you can like, you can yeah. do it. You, yeah, sure. You could do carnivore and then two days later you could be vegan. And then two days yeah. later, you know, you could do keto. So I am such a fan of variation. I really encourage people to try it all. I'm, um, my guilty pleasure is after I've really been good with a diet is going and eating sourdough bread. I don't know what it oh, is. Yeah. Sourdough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause I think yeah. ben, ben Greenfield eats it. So I'm like, wow, he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So here's, I probably shouldn't tell you this about sourdough cause it's going to only facilitate your, your problem. Um, <laughs> but it's fermented. So yeah. it has some good, some good uh, probiotics in it, which helps you break down the gluten. So of all the breads, it's actually not the worst. It's, it's one of the better ones. Okay. So I, I'm curious, did you get a lot of backlash about this diet back in the day as it being like Atkins? Did you get the Atkins thing thrown yeah. out? What, yeah. How did you deal with that? Because, and, and what's the difference? Just so people were like, isn't that the Atkins? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, so, so Atkins is like, eat all the fat and all the meat you want and don't care about the quality. What we say in keto is you want to eat good fat. You're yeah. not, don't eat the bad fat. So don't eat, do the canola oils. Don't do the 
vegetables and soybean oils. Those are inflammatory oils. You want to get off of those and get onto the good ones. So it's the quality of the fat. Same thing I would say if you're going to do the carnivore diet, like don't eat the, don't be eating meat that is toxic. If you're going to eat that much meat, you better be getting organic, clean meat that's free of antibiotics, that's free of um, hormones that are pumped into those animals. So there's a, there's a saying that when you're eating meat, remember you're eating what your meat ate too. Yeah. So whatever they ate, whatever they did, you're now eating that. So I think it's always about choosing clean ingredients, whatever diet you choose. Right. So on a, like as nowadays, you know, you have a thriving practice, you're helping a lot of people. What are some challenges that you face? Because now you're, you're like we talked about before we started the recording, you're, you're, you're expanding, you're doing YouTube, you're getting on social media all over the place. What do you find as a challenge as you grow and navigate through this space? Yeah, I, and it's really a personal challenge and that's just protecting my time so that I, may, uh, I, I don't destroy my health in the process. Right. Like how ironic would that be? Like, uh, you know, trying to help other people understand health um, there's such a thirst for this information. I mean, we get thousands of emails every week. Um, we've got, I've got a team of people that are answering my YouTube and my Instagram. Um, and people are really, really suffering. And my heart, I have like, my heart just bleeds for those people. And I have to remind myself, like, I got to pause. I got to protect my space. Uh, Dr. Sonia is all the, like my hero when it and Dr. Nick um, in how they just go on vacation all the time. And so I'm really learning to try to do that because I, I, I definitely the fabric of who I am is I want to help people. And I probably would help people at the detriment of my own health. Mm. So I really am learning to just protect my, my boundaries and making sure that I don't overwork myself. So what do you do for self-care, for filling your cup? Yeah. Like what's, what's your go-to? Yeah. Well, uh, it's a great question. I'm, I'm learning. Um, so I think uh, getting out into nature is really, I just got to get out of my little concrete jungle. We live, I live near the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's gorgeous here. So I, I got to get out and hike. Um, so outside, and you know, outside is the, there's days, I don't know if you ever go through this, but there's times that I'm working so much at the end of the week, I go, Oh my God, I didn't even get outside. So just getting outside and stimulate, we have uh, serotonin receptor sites in our brain or in our eyes. So that make us secrete serotonin. So I'm trying to get out into sunlight. I'm trying to get out into nature. Um, I'm trying to go on vacation more. Um, I'm trying to make those things a priority. I, I get a massage once a month. So I've, I've been really good about doing that. Um, I, I say no to anything that comes my way Friday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Like awesome. that doesn't matter what you invite me to, I will say no to it. That's like awesome. those are my two like grounding times at the end of the week and before I go into my week. So I cut my hours back in my practice cause I was just felt like I just couldn't do it all. So I think those little, it's all the little stuff. I'm a huge Joe Dispenza fan. So yeah. I've been doing his meditations an hour every morning. Really cool. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I think things are changing as well. Like I, I know that in the past it was always, 
work harder, work harder, work harder. And you know, that's where you get the reward and that's good. But now they're saying it's not always about that. You got to be able to relax. The downtime is, is just as important yeah. as balancing, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, did you ever follow Gary V? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His thing. And you know, what's interesting is if you look at him now, his eyes are like, he does not look healthy. No. And he's been, hustle was his words, right? Like hustle, yeah. hustle, hustle. I would love to see us switch that. Yeah. And Joe Dispenza is really doing an amazing yeah. job of like helping us with brain scans. I love the science behind all that stuff. Like yeah. with brain scans, we can see that when you calm your brain down, that you actually start to create a brain that builds a life that you want to live in. And so, I, yeah, I think that it's really being conscious. You have to really be awake and realize that you're, you're not taking care of yourself and that that has to be a priority. We just live in a society that doesn't reward you for taking care of yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's like frowned upon like, oh, you're not working hard enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know where that started and why that's even a thing, but I mean, I, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know, I know. It's like, punish yourself, punish yourself, you know? Right. It's like, no, like. Yeah. Like, well, and then how do you, how do you know when to stop? Yeah. That's, that's the thing I've been figuring out. And I actually um, have been obsessed with the brain recently and realizing that when we're like, go, 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 you get locked in your midbrain. And that's your fight or flight brain. And then you go on vacation and you're sitting with your family at the beach and you can't relax because you've trained yourself to be locked in fight or flight. Yeah. So you're like, you think there's going to be a crisis. Now, Joe Dispenza would say you're actually addicted to the hormones yeah. of stress. Yeah. So that behavior of go, 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 go is, is, will kill you yeah. because you will train your brain to stay stuck there. And you will train your body to be addicted to cortisol. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was just watching a video he had on Gaia about that. He has like this new video series. I, I saw a, that. He's, he's amazing. amazing. Yeah. You know, he's a chiropractor. Yeah. 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 No, he's, in, he's incredible. And I love what he's doing through science to show us all yeah. that we, our brains really need a different path. Like I love his idea that if you have a problem, like stop analyzing it. Mm. Like you're not going to solve the problem by analyzing it. You got to come over and say, okay, what do I want my new, what do I want the solution to be? Yeah. And, and focus on the solution. And that's what's going to train your brain to create the solution. Oh, amen. I love it. I yeah. love it. Where, where can everybody find you? So, because you got some gold some value. Yeah, thank people, you. Are, people are craving. They need it. Where can, we, <laughs> I know, where can I know. we find you? Right. Well, YouTube's the first place I would tell you to go. Yeah. I've got like 400 videos there and um, I'm doing, I, I really like to bring in the science so that people can understand it and not just think it, this is woo-woo stuff. Like this yeah. is really, really amazing. And then um, our resetter group, it's on Facebook right now. And we fast once a month together. It's called the Resetter Collaborative. It's, we got some amazing like people. I got people in that group that have like started a club within the club. So we have like dry fast Monday and then we have like alternative day fasting in there. So if you want to really experiment with fasting, that's a great place to come in and sort of see what, what's going on. Um, I have a membership academy where we're, we're taking... 
we've got about 300 people in that group that are like, we, we get on Zoom calls together and we like talk through their fasting experiences. So it's definitely this information needs, you need some, you need a support, you need to like wrap your head around it, like you said, or your brain will talk you out of it. Yeah. So, so you can find me in any of those spots. Awesome. What's the one lesson that adversity has taught you? The last question. Mm, uh, oh, I think it's that adversity is, there's a, there's a golden nugget in every single adverse situation. And, you know, the quicker you get to, to asking where that gold nugget is, the, the quicker you'll move to a new place. Amazing. Well said. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. this, this was awesome. Thank hey, you. Uh, we're almost nearing an hour and I'm actually getting on a call with Dr. Nick on his show. So oh, awesome. I, yeah, I'm super excited. I could talk to you for hours. This was, yeah, this thank was you. honestly amazing. And uh, I encourage everybody to check you out. You guys make sure you check her out. It, I'm going to have all the stuff in the show notes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I yeah. honestly, this was, this was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And then I want to know when you start, when you do a fast, let me know or I'm join, gonna, join the resetters and you can I'm do gonna, fast gonna, with us. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'm going to join your group for sure. I think yeah. everybody. Dr. Nick does, um, yeah. he does, does yeah. fast too. Yeah. I've just been resisting. So yeah. I need to stop resisting. <laughs> ah. No. And the other thing with the fasting is you'll get over a hump. There'll be a hump you get over and it's like, just as it feels like you can't do it. If you hang in there, there's like Nirvana on the other side. Uh, it's super cool. That's it. I'm fasted right now. I've had a coffee. That's it. And some tea. I'm going to, I'm going to push through tonight. Awesome. Okay. All right. Let Thank me you. know how it goes. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so Lynn. much. Dr. Mindy Pals, everybody. You just finished another class at the university of adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.